Do you believe that God wants you to flourish in your life? I do. I believe that God wants to flourish, wants you to flourish. I believe that God wants you to be blessed. I believe that God wants you to walk with authority and wisdom. But listen, that, that means we have to walk in him. So we've been ex- just walking through what scripture is telling us and how scripture is leading us and what God, the parameters that God has set around some specific uh, aspects of our life. We've talked about the, the mental and spiritual aspect of it. We talked about sexual, sexual aspect of what scripture says about it. Ross did a great job talking about that. Uh, we talked about identity last year. Pastor Lori did an amazing job. Give it up to Pastor Lori, everybody. <laughs> She did such an amazing job last Sunday talking about identity. If you missed it, go to YouTube and check that out. It's so good. So today we're going to talk about occupation. We're going to talk about how God wants us to flourish uh, in how God wants to move in our lives through our occupation. Now, I will say this. Let me preface this. that I've, I've only been doing this full time for three years. And so this is really near and dear to my heart. Um, I've, I've said this before. I, 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 I miss the the aspect of be working around a bunch of heathens. <laughs> I was in construction, so there was plenty of heathens. Listen, I still work around heathens. I just work around them in the church. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> listen, Romans 3, let me preface that. Romans 3.23 says, for we all have sinned. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I love that. And so I, I want us to look at, okay, what, God, what are you calling what are you calling me to do specifically? I, w- I want you to ask that question this morning. I want you to ask God, God, what are, what are you calling me to do at my, at my job? And how can I change my attitude? How do you want me to reorient the way I think about work this morning? And so we're talking about occupation. And we have to understand that he is the one. He is the only source. God is our only source that brings about the kind of flourishing that we are actually searching for. So with that said, come on, let's just, let's, let's jump into scripture and let's, let's read Genesis 1.1. Start from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Say amen to that. Amen. Father, we come before you and we love you. We thank you for your presence that's here. We, we actually brought it in because your presence dwells within us. But as we come into this place, God, you, you just feel this building. It's just a building. But with us here, God, it's alive because we bring the spirit. So we ask that the spirit of God, through your word, Lord, would change us, would mold us, would shape us. We yield to it. We say yes to whatever you want to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And you believe that. Say amen. amen. Listen, work is necessary and work is good. Some of you are excited, right? Some of you are excited about Monday. We're talking about work. You're excited about going to work on Monday? Yeah. yeah just maybe, maybe two of you. I, I was part of that crew, right? So we're weirdos like that. We're just crazy like that. So most, most of the rest of you are, are a bit perturbed right now because you got, I got you thinking about work. I got you thinking about what's coming on Monday. I, and by, by the, I, man, I, I, used, I loved going to work on Monday. Not that I don't love coming to work on Monday right now. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to think that either. <laughs> but I, I, lo- I loved going to work. I love what God, God led me to do, and I really love what God has led me to do even now. But most of you are not convinced. Most of you are not convinced of this possibility of, of flourishing at work, right? But Genesis 1-1 tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? We serve a God from the very beginning. We see, we serve a God who works and established work to be good. Do you guys agree that everything God created is good? Yes. 
Yeah, amen. Well, he thought so, because if you look at Scripture throughout Genesis, throughout the first uh, two or three chapters of Genesis, we see that it records that God looked upon what he had created, and, and it says here, and God saw that it was good. But at times, we have this idea, right? This, this, this idea can come in as we, as we navigate through scriptures, as we, we just kind of let it just kind of marinate in our hearts and let it cultivate our thoughts and let it stir ourselves up. And we have this idea, okay, well, God worked for six days. He worked six days really hard, and then, and then he rested. And then after that, he was like, okay. It's all yours, guys. Take it. I'm done. I hope you don't screw it up. Right? But that's, that's, not, that's not who God is at all. Like He's not leaning back. God is leaning in. Amen? He is leaning into everything that is going on in our life. And our occupation, our work, is, is not outside of that. It's not secluded from that. Right? But, and then some of you may be thinking, well, yeah, but, you know, creating is fun. God was creating something out of nothing. That's fun. Starting a business, that's, that's a lot of fun. Starting a church, that's, that's a lot of fun. Starting something, that's always exciting because you're molding it, you're shaping it, you're not sure what it's going to be like. Right? I'm just maintaining. Like, I'm just writing on paper all day. I'm just kind of stamping things. I'm just responding to emails. I'm just doing this, this drudgery, this mundane thing all the time. But, but, but listen, I, I, don't, I don't want us to disconnect what God wants to do in the mund- even in that mundane. What God wants to do because, because we think there's something not being created. There's something not new. Right? I, I, want, I want to help you change that way of thinking. Jehovah is not a God who only creates, but who also desires to partner with us to maintain his creation. He actually is delighted when you succeed in his will. You believe that? Yeah. Check this out. Listen, this author David Henson, this is what he says. Unlike the gods of the, the Greco-Roman mythologies who absolved themselves of work, dining on nectar and ambrosia in a heaven of rest and contemplation. Right, this is what we always see, right? We see this, this, this God, this physique God, right? I would take my shirt off and show you, but I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> They'd be like, that, that's the God of gluttony right there. <laughs> they're just laid back and they're just like, like there's just something that's just feeding them grapes and they're just kind of back and like, I hope that works out for you guys. Right? That's, that's the picture sometimes that we have of God, that he's just laying back. He's just leaning back. No, no, but that's not our God at all. Look at what, else, look what he has to say. The God of the Bible works. This God molds humans into God's image, establishes covenants with a displaced people, laments when covenant is broken, strives to reestablish covenant with that people and becomes incarnate to labor, suffer, die, and be raised for the whole world. God is a God who desires to be involved in your work. He wants to walk with you. He wants to work with you. God's desire is is not just to be involved, but actually to work with you as he planned from the very beginning. Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord God, the man, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to work it and take care of it. 
In fact, throughout the Old Testament, right, we see God's attention to his people, him actively involved and engaged, creating and, re- and re- recreating, him providing and responding. We see that throughout the Old Testament, right? And, and there, there's a Psalm of David that, that is describing God's abundance and his favor, not only on earth, but for man. Psalm 65 says this in verse 6, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Through through creation, we see evidence of God, of a God who is intentional and he is involved. And Israel, as, as they read this, they believed through this relational care for creation, he was expressing, God was expressing his love and his care for them. The way he maintained and provided through the seasons was his attention, was his generosity to them but although this this evidence and of provision and partnership is is all around us because it's still here it's still around us we we at times we're not convinced we get we get a bit skeptical maybe now listen this is it's too good to be true I, i don't i don't i don't i don't trust that because the the truth of the matter is the fall from eden it did the fall from Eden, it skewed our, our way of thinking. It, it warped our vision a bit. It, 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 it tainted this reality of a God who wants to be involved, of, of a God who is for us. Things that were pure and meant for good, now they have the potential to bring grief and suffering. We now have the knowledge of good and evil. And, and we have to combat these thoughts and realities Right? Because it has the opportunity to cause people and, and, and have people abused. But we have to maintain this right frame of mind of who God is and what he has said and how he is for us. And the truth that we can flourish even occupationally. It starts with believing simply that God does. God does. What's, what is your frame of mind when it comes to work? How do you see work? How does, how does it, that thought even affect you now? We're, we're, we're in the Old Testament a bit, so do you have a bit of an Egyptian, like an Egypt mentality, speaking of Israel? Do you have an Egypt mentality, a, a bit of a slavery mentality? They, you know, they, that's what Scripture talks about. That's where they were at. Or do you have a promised land mentality when we talk about work? 
We talk about work, and, and I, I want to clarify there. So, so the Egypt frame of mind is like, okay, we're, we're enslaved. This is what we have to do. We, we, we have no choice. Or a promised land mentality, like, man, this is, this is what we get to do. God is with us. God is working with us. What's your mindset towards your job, towards your work? Because you remember post-fall, post-fall, work has a potential, right? After the fall, work has a potential to become something that can lead to pain, to sorrow, and to grief. We, we see that in Israel, where, where Israel finds itself in Egypt, enslaved for over 400 years, and they, and they, were, they were trapped to do Pharaoh's bidding, and it may have started well, right, with Joseph. Every, every, everything was blessed. Everything was great. But it didn't end well because when you get to Moses, it's bad. And as we read through the book of Exodus, we know that the freedom eventually comes. Right? Freedom, freedom comes to the Israelites. We know that. But with freedom, God had to help them break out of their old way of thinking. And in the wilderness, we, we, we begin to see this process that God is establishing for this to happen. And some of you are thinking, oh, Lord, please, not, let's not go to Leviticus. Oh, my God. I know that when we're reading through, the, we're reading through our Bible in the years, like we get to Leviticus, we're like, oh, my God, Lord. Lord, just help me, Lord. Help me as we read through Leviticus. All the statutes that you're creating, right? But in, in this fallen world, there is this, this misuse. There, there is this abuse that, that, we, that, we, that we, can, we can begin to not only, not only experience, but we can begin to embody. Here's an, here, speaking of, 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 of Leviticus, here's a bit of an oxymoron for you. In Leviticus, God was setting boundaries to establish freedom. As, it, as you travail through these latter books of Exodus and, and, and Leviticus, you'll find that many rules and regulations for his people, for, for Israel. What was he doing here? Why was he establishing all these things? He was breaking them free from the slavery mindset that they had lived in for centuries. Like the, Bible, the Bible records them being enslaved for about 400 years. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, quite a few centuries of being enslaved Right, and so, 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 so we're, see, we're seeing what God is trying to do here, and I want to I explore this just a little bit. That it's, 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 yeah, it's Jehovah, it's God who hears the, the voice of the oppressed, who hears the cry, and he becomes, and he liberates them from this unjust work, and he leads them into the wilderness, and then he begins to set up all these limitations on work, because for 400 years, all they've done was work. That was, that was all they did. They were, they, they, they were enslaved to it, and so when God brought them out of Israel, he was saying, hey, I don't want you to fall back into the rut of what you've always done. I want you to be free from that thing and I want to restore I want to renew what your idea what your mentality what you think about work and so I'm going to set limitations on this right and so he goes back to the very beginning and he establishes the rhythm that he himself he himself in, in, uh, uh, initiated with six days of work and one day of rest it's the Sabbath right six days of work one day of rest some of you probably need to hear a little bit of that <laughs> There, there, there's a couple of different people in the room. Some of the people in the room, you, you, you work seven days a week. You need a day of rest. Some other people in the room, you, work, you don't work at all seven days a week. You need to get to work. <laughs> there, there you are. <laughs> so working six days a week, we've got to be active. We've got we to work. Don't look at the young people. It's okay. Don't, don't, we're, not, we're not pointing anybody out, right? But we, that, that's, this, that's what God wants us to do. God wants, to be, well, God wants us to be diligent. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to work hard. Six days. 
And I'm telling you, man, when, when, we, when, we, get into, when we begin to, to uh, live by this standard, God begins to flourish in our heart, in our life. Are you stuck in an Egypt state of mind at your job? God wants you to be free from that way of thinking. He wants you to flourish. But that only happens from him, through him, and for him. Amen? Right? Do you remember when, when all, all this, the, when we're talking about Egypt, Egypt, Israel, Israel being freed from Egypt. Do you remember what Moses was asking Pharaoh for? Exodus 7, 16 says this. Then they, they say to him, then say, and say to him, the Lord speaking to him, the Lord, the God of, he, the, of the Hebrews, excuse me, I can't read this morning. The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, which is Jehovah, has sent me to say to you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. Your translation, if you're looking at your translation, it may, it may, they may interchange, they interchange the word here, worship, to, as, as serve. And the word here in Greek is avad, avad. And, it, and essentially it is to work. But by implication, it is to serve till causatively be, to, to causatively enslave. Like, God, God, was, God was trying to help Israel understand. I'm, I'm, I'm taking you out of slavery in one sense, but, but I want you to, to be enslaved to me in another sense. And, and, this, and this sometimes is the, is the paradox. This is the dichotomy of it all. Under, under Pharaoh, with, with an Egyptian mentality, we're slave to a horrible boss who demands things from us, who, who there, who, where there is no joy in this state of mind. There is no peace in this state of mind. This is working in anguish. This is working under, under tyranny. This, this is working with disgust. This is a, a disgruntled worker, enslaved to Pharaoh. What God wants us to do is he wants us to change our mindset, and he wants us to be enslaved to him who he is a good God. Somebody say amen. amen. He is a faithful God. He is a just God. He is a loving God. He is a merciful God. He is, a, he is the true, the one and only true God who sees everything, who, who, who doesn't lord over us, but not only is he lord in our lives, but he is involved in the things that we do and in in, in everything that is coming from us. And so all of a sudden, now we can work with joy. We can work with gladness. We can work in happiness, knowing that no matter what happens in the physical sense, no matter who talks about us, no matter who betrays us, no matter who does what to us, I don't got to worry about that because the master that I'm working for is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is for me. He is not against me. You see the difference in mindset that God wants you to work from? And we have to receive that. We have to begin to work from that. I believe that we're discovering now the fun. We're discovering now the abundance of flourishing in God's design for work. And it has its roots deep in this correlation. This deep in this correlation, because check this out. The same word that we just read out of Exodus 7, 16, let my people go so that they may go and worship in the wilderness is actually the same word that he uses in Genesis 2, 15 when he says, I have put them in the Garden of Eden to work. There's a correlation between work, this idea that we have of work, of slavery, of, of actually working hard, and worship. 
There's a correlation to the way we work and how we work to, to, that, to, that, being some, to that being our worship to the king. You see, we, see in our mindset, we, we confine worship to, the, to just these, these 20 minutes that we just worshiped God. This is my worship, Lord. But God says, no, this is your worship. This is also your worship, your work, what you do Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and today, this is, this is your worship. When, when, when Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, he says, the Lord, the Lord seeks true worshipers. Those who worship in spirit and in truth. When do you turn off spirit and truth? When do, when do you abide out of spirit and truth? I think sometimes that, 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 that is the issue. That becomes a bit of the problem. And I believe here we're, discover, we're, we're beginning to discover, oh my God, you, 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 re- you really are. You really do see me. You really do, you really are with me as I go and I work. We're discovering the fun. We're discovering the abundance of flourishing in God's design for you. And it roots, it's deeply rooted in our worship. And, and so, so these, these, these two frames of mind, I, I remember being two different people. The person I was here at work, I mean the church, and the person I was at work. And I, and I remember the Lord challenging me with a few questions. And so to you, I say, would you speak here the same way you do at work? Would you sing the same songs that you sing at work? Would you sing them here? Oh, would you tell the same jokes here that you do at work? Would you treat others the same way here that you do at work? God challenged me with that one time. He challenged me with a few of those questions. And so I challenge you. But it helped me see how I had two frames of mind. I wanted, I wanted to live in the promised land. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be full of joy. But the Lord says, man, your, your, your mind is shackled in Egypt. You are trapped in Egypt. And, and, and what, what he told me, I tell you this morning, maybe what's missing from you flourishing occupationally is the realization that you are excluding God from that aspect of your life. Listen to what, listen to what Mitroff says, another author. He says, whether you like it or not, work is, inextric- is inextricably intertwined with our perpetual uh, search for meaning. Work is an integral part of our spirituality, our search for the ultimate meaning. It matters. It matters. It matters to your searching for purpose and to your relationship with God. And, to, and it matters to the people that you are working around, that God has put you in the middle of. God wants to partner with you and use you to change people's lives, to, that they would have an encounter with this God and that you would encounter God in a deeper way. I, just, I officiated a funeral yesterday for a very close friend of mine that I used to work with. He was a fellow superintendent of the company that I, that I, that I just came from. And, and, uh, and, and man, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a little bit heart-wrenching for me because he was, he was a good man. And I expressed them to there what I want to express to you here. He was a successful man. 
He was, he was a senior superintendent. Before he came to Bartlecock, he was the senior site superintendent for CODA, for F1. He was in charge of all the dirt work that needed to happen for them to begin to build that building. That's a big site, amen? It's a big responsibility. He had accolades for his work. He, he, he had love from his family and his friends. He was a rancher. He, was, well, he came to work every day with starch jeans and a starch shirt. His name was, his name was Buddy Reed. His real name was Truman, Truman Reed. So you know he was old school. But we called him Buddy. He was a cowboy. Financially, he was well off. And he took none of it with him. It all stayed here, every bit of it. And neither will you, and neither will I. We will, we will not take anything that we accumulate in this world. None of it. There is one thing on. There is one thing that will be accounted to you in heaven. Your spiritual impact on the people around you. That's what, that's what you will take with you. That's what will, what will be accounted to you. That's what has to be our priority, church. Please, please don't confuse what I'm saying. I, I, I think God wants to bless you. I think, I think God wants to trust you with, with what he has created, with, with health and, and wealth. I, I think God wants us to, as Christians to, to have, I think he wants us to be prosperous so that we can be a blessing to other people, right? I, I, be, I believe that, that but that isn't the focus. I, I believe God has blessed some of us in, in that aspect, right? And I, I believe that we all walk in a blessing. And so I don't want you to misconstrue what I'm trying to tell you here, but what I want you to understand is that we as the, as the followers of Jesus Christ have to maintain the priority that, of the things that will last forever. The Bible says in Matthew 6, seek first what? The and then everything else will come to you. That's the priority. There's a reason why the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, because those are the things that are eternal. Colossians, but, but it all starts with surrender. Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since we know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I, I want to give you just a, 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 before we go back into worship, I want to give you just a, just a couple of practical things that you can apply to work. If you scan this QR code, if you, their, their message notes are right there. The, they'll, they'll be right there. You can have them. You can save them, and they'll be for you. All right, so we must understand how our work is a reflection and a continuation of God's work. So what we, we have to be diligent. We must be diligent. Proverbs 10, 4 says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 12, 27 says, the precious possession of a man is diligence. You remember earlier, we work the six and then we rest the one? But all of us need to hear that. It's not rest the six and work the one. It's not work the seven and get a break every now and again. Right, it's work the six. Let's be diligent for six and, 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 and honor God through all of it. Develop and improve. Proverbs 22, 29 says, do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. 
Do more than the minimum. Do more than the minimum. Matthew 5, 41 says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Right? Sermon on the Mount. It's a bunch, a bunch of great, bunch of great foundational truths in, in Matthew 5. Read it. I'm going to keep going here. Surrender and offer your work to God. Ephesians 6 says this, as slaves of Christ, there's that, there's that, that verbiage again. Do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Luke 6.49 says this in the message version, but if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, hello, you are like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It's a total loss. We're going to worship the Lord here for a few moments. For a few moments, excuse me. I just want the Holy Spirit to help you as you get ready for tomorrow. As you, as you get ready for Monday. And I want you to understand, I want you to hear this. I want you to know that there is joy waiting for you. You, you can be joyous at your work. But it takes an intentional focus on God. It takes an intentional focus on who he's calling you to be. It takes us cultivating a relationship with Christ. And so this morning, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. But I don't want you to feel pressure that you have to come and pray with somebody. I, I think that there's power when two people agree in prayer. And, so, and, and I believe in these people. I love these people. These people are ready to pray with you and agree with you that God wants to do something. Staff, come up and help, for a little, help us a little bit. But I want, you, I want to open the altar too. If you want to just come up here and be alone with God and just give God, confess some things to God, just you and him, this is the place to do it right here. You can do it while you're there. You can do it right there. You can. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm an old AG guy. I just, come up to the altar, man. Come up and give it to the Lord. Come to him and give it to God. Would you stand this morning as I pray over you? Lord, we love you. God, we adore you. We thank you, God, that you are a God who wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. We repent this morning, Lord, from excluding you from our work. I repent this morning, God, from excluding you from the, from the things that I do with my hands, the things that, that I put my mind to during the week, Lord. Lord, and maybe some here, Father God, are asking to be forgiven, Lord, for maybe the way they talk, the way they treat people, the, the, the language, Father God, that comes out of their mouth, Father God, their actions, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that your mercy and your grace would fall in this place. We, we, we have to abide in it, Lord. I pray that there would be liberty right now. I pray that freedom would come right now in the name of Jesus.